first recording is done. And now uh, thank you uh, for jumping on. And thank you for our listeners who are still listening in for a uh, unedited bonus episode where we just continue to talk past the actual podcast recording. So, yeah, thanks again, Jared, for jumping on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's always fun doing the 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 after the after hour special, I like to call it for the, <laughs> the unedited uh, special edition here. Yeah, people really seem to like it. We haven't been able to get as many of them in. I think we've only had one, I think, in the last like six or seven episodes. Um, so people have definitely been missing it. And uh, yeah, it's great to get these unedited episodes in. Um, you know, it's it's easy for me to record them and then listen to them and then drop them immediately after the edited um, regular episode. Um, so if you have kids in the car or kids in the room, uh, this is unedited, so they might need earmuffs at some point. But uh, that's, you know, we'll see if I end up cussing. But, you know, but, but uh, yeah, it's it's honestly it's been such a fun fun uh season and yeah seeing colin de young come in and, and take that spot for northeast and, and just the way clayton knapp has been playing um you, you just but the goaltending just just those two aside just the goaltending in the nhl like you were talking about just unreal unreal goaltenders they, they are so skilled like even kyle cosma he came up from the utah outliers last year and uh you know he's bounced around i think he started with minnesota and then he went to aberdeen and now he's with north iowa um but uh yeah just wildly skilled goaltenders yeah kyle cosma uh, he's been kind of a thorn in the side of the uh, the bruins since joining north iowa i mean even beginning of the season with aberdeen he was a solid netminder uh, i mean North Iowa themselves uh, are a very interesting group when it comes to, to goalies. They had about six different goalies on their roster at various points of the season, uh, moving people around, finally getting things situated. And I mean, Hunter Garvey was uh, obviously the number one guy there in North Iowa. I mean, guy played 43 games, if I'm not mistaken, this season for North Iowa. So, I mean, he got the majority of the workload uh, for head coach Todd Sandin there in North Iowa. So, I mean, uh, once Cosmo kind of came in, it let uh, Garvey get a little bit of a breather, but it was almost every single day that young man was between the pipes for uh, the Bulls. Yeah, it's that's one thing I just love about uh, like even like the NHL. I, I've also with, with with the other leagues I watch, I'm you know heavily watch the EOJHL and the USPHL. I'm always wildly impressed with the goalies, and uh, one of the projects I've been working on. Um, people see the uh, the highlights drop uh, as a se- as a team season end. So um, unfortunately for Carlton Place at the EOJHL, uh, our co-host is an assistant coach with them. Uh, their season ended uh, in Game Seven of uh, the, the the semis. So they just missed out on the the final series. And uh, you know, congratulations to both the Castleman Vikings and the Perth Blue Wings because that's going to be a wild series. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, seeing the goalies in these leagues and seeing what they've been able to do and just seeing some of this talent in the goal scores. Um, I just, I, I think before me and you jumped on this podcast recording, I told you I just returned from Spain and uh, flying into Madrid and back and forth. We had a flight through Helsinki, a super short flight from Copenhagen to Helsinki, but then like a four and a half hour flight between Helsinki and Madrid. And uh, on those flights, I had already downloaded all these videos um, of all the highlights I talked about throughout the year and other ones I hadn't talked about. They just didn't make the cut for an episode or anything, um, but I kept them on my radar and decided to, you know, entertain myself on these flights that have, you know, it's either listen to music, read a book or 
watch hockey videos, so I chose hockey videos. And um, I just rated every single one and gave it a score and made sure that the score matched up properly with anything I thought was above it or below it. And then, yeah, I have 64 saves and 65 goals um, between all the hockey I've watched so far this season. So uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to drop it yet. So anyone listening that has ideas, you know, feed them out. But uh, um, until the NHL season is over, I don't believe I'll be dropping anything because until the NHL's full season is over, I still got highlights to collect. And I think the the playoffs are going to produce some wild, wild plays. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the playoffs. And I mean, like you said, it's a completely different animal. Um, there's you're not going to see a lot of high scoring games uh, like we did no. in the regular regular season. They're going to be two one games, three, uh, three, two games, uh, three, one game with an empty netter, uh, one nothing game, whatever it may be. They're not going to be uh, five, six, the three games or anything of that effect. They're going to be super tight. Um, I mean, a lot of that, too, is going to go with the, the goalies and how well they've been doing Uh the young man I mentioned earlier from Lone Star, uh, Arthur Smith, the one who committed to, to Princeton, number one goalie, uh, won the regular season uh, title for uh, goalie of the season for the N.A., uh, 194 goals against average. Uh, I mean, wow. A 23-3-2-4 uh, record, uh, 64 goals against the whole season on 70 or 700 shots seen. So, I mean, oh a 909 God. save percentage and three shutouts is uh, nothing to bat your eyes at. No, no, no kidding. Cause I'm just impressed. I mean, I'm so impressed when you start to see their, the plane. That's why I always tell people as well. And I've had people starting to now reach out, which is great. Um, over the last like couple months actually saying, Hey, I don't know if you've seen this highlight. Um, but here it is. And, you know, it allows me to consider the highlights for, you know, a future, uh, whatever. Um, and cause sometimes, especially with these goalies, I can watch every goal from every game. Hockey TV makes that easy for me. Uh, I just, you know, figure out the time. I watch the goal. I usually watch a couple minutes leading into the goal to kind of see because you need the story of the goal as well. Um, and uh, that's where sometimes I can catch some of the saves, but I can't necessarily a lot of times because life gets busy, invest 60 plus minutes to every single game I want to watch. Um, so one of the things I always you know, feed to you and, and anyone else uh, that we regularly communicate with on this podcast is, you know, if you see a hot save from one of your goalies, uh, like I know Clayton Knapp from the games I've watched, man, I have got some, there was one game he made like three or four stupid saves that were, that were all highlight reel saves. What, and what was it? Friday night's game. I, I don't know if you caught <laughs> Friday night's game in, Ab- uh, in Aberdeen, but the yeah. first period alone, uh, there was a good five minute period. Uh, that Knapp was on his head, uh, making ridiculous saves, uh, big-time stops. I mean, it could have easily been a 5-1 lead for Aberdeen uh, if it wasn't for Clayton Knapp and how on his game he was that time. Yeah, and I'll have to go back and watch that period. I know I definitely watched the goals, and I had the games run in the background while life still happens Um Cause you know, got to cook, I got to clean, I got to work and stuff, but I still had the games running in the background and I'll sit down. And when I hear the voice peak, like that's one of your jobs is to play by playing. Ears, <laughs> ears jump up. You're like, Oh, oh yeah, play. I hear, save. I hear going on save. <laughs> yeah. And I will rewind it and check out the save and be like, Ooh, that one is worthy of, of, of noting. Um, but yeah, certain, I got to cut it off. I think when, uh, I got to cut it off at some number, um, at the end of the year, 
Um, otherwise, I'll have – well, you know what? Highlights into the new season, whatever. I think people should see what some of these players are capable of. Um, you know, no, there's – well, there is such thing as bad attention. But there's uh, – for what I'm going to be putting out there for highlights, there's no such thing as bad attention for those highlights. Um you know, there's and you talked about like Northeast's program. Um, now we had this goalie in the Mountain Division playing for Provo, uh, Patrick Colburn. Uh, he, I think he came out of Northeast's NA3HL program um, a year ago, and then he ended up with uh, the USPHL's Provo Riverblades. Uh, for lack of a better word, all I can say is I don't know what he what he did to get into that position with the Riverblades because uh, that was as a goalie that was a punishing position. But man, did he highlight just his wild skill? I gave him uh, for the or the Midwest, uh, not the Midwest. I gave him for our Mountain Division. I gave him the Player of the Year for the Mountain Division because. And I was proven right by sitting on the plane uh, on the way back and reviewing the saves. Um, 64 saves in. Um, dead giveaway here for anyone listening. He has three of the top five of the 65 saves. I mean, his saves were just another level of stupid of what shouldn't have happened. And the games – and you look at his stats and you'd be like, okay, well, the stats aren't good. But anybody that knows the sport and watches those games – would very much quickly realize short bench, uh, third period, wild. This stuff goes wild. Third, fourth, fifth chances can't stop them all, and it looks like they just absolutely got destroyed with like a you know nine to one game. But you don't realize going into the third period, it was you know tied up at one, and then the team just gets tired and short, and it's basically just a you know seventy six shot game in that third period <laughs> and, uh, and he stayed in there for the abuse all season long. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you, you, you gotta look beyond stats with goalies. Um, but then I say that, um, and then I looked at this kid, uh, Aiden Foley, uh, I think it's the Embron Panthers in the EOJHL and watching the playoff series between, I think they were playing Castleman. Uh, they might have played someone else first. Um, this kid kept them, like you saw with Naps play uh, at the end of the season, and I saw the Youngs play to get the Generals into this, this season. Uh, the only reason his team wasn't just being, I think, hammered was because he was just making wild save after wild save. And then I looked at his stats, and I think he played 25 games in a regular season. Um, and, uh, I had to look at the playoffs. He had five or six games. Um, his stats were stupid, like nine, five, nine save percentage in a regular season in 25 games. Uh, and I want to say it was like a nine, three something. Forgive me if I, I got those wrong, but they were pretty, they were really high. Um, and so I think, you know, goaltending for me is the, you know, the end all be all for hockey. And I will, you know, continue to fight that battle. <laughs> but, I mean, but, it's a good battle to have. I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, from all of us who are involved in the sport, know your your best defenseman is uh, the guy between the pipes, your best goalie. I mean, your best penalty killer is your goalie as well, no matter what yeah. you're on. So, I mean, you, you see guys, uh, I mean, Spinners Nordin's another one who's had himself a good season, um, a 9-10 save percentage or 274 save uh, our goals against average this season. I mean, uh, since joining that team, the native of Sweden, um, did a very good job for Bismarck. I mean, yeah. I mean, 34 games played, 21-10, 0-2 record. So, I mean, 
he's a big reason why this Bismarck's team uh, is in the playoffs. Yeah, and I remember you you mentioning that back in January. It's like don't count this team out. They're they're at the they're they're at the bottom right now. But uh, they added some. They added a a couple of key additions. They didn't do a lot yeah. of uh, movement. They didn't make a lot of trades. They didn't uh, make a lot of splashes in the in the trade deadline. Uh, they added one or two guys um, who helped out and obviously made a big deal. I mean, the other one who did that um, and went out and got some big name guys was St. Cloud. And we all know how that ended up. I mean, the 13 game yeah. winning streak after the um, from the time of the trade deadline on um, did very well. And of course, uh, Ryan O'Neill, the commit to the University of St. Thomas, uh, he won himself the the regular season scoring title for the the Norseman, 80 points for that young man. Wow. Uh, 57 games played, 30 goals, 50 assists, uh, six uh, power play goals or eight power play goals. My apologies this season. Uh, I mean, um a 1.4 point per game player. So, I mean, Ryan O'Neill was a big, uh, big reason why uh, St. Cloud is, uh, was as successful as they were. Um, And ultimately too, I mean, uh, one of the things for him is, yeah, he won the regular season scoring title, but he didn't say it was, I won the title. My team helped me win the title. I mean, that was one of the biggest things. I don't know if you follow the Norseman on uh, social media, um, but, one of their one of the big posts uh, when Ryan O'Neill won the regular season scoring title because their uh, their media director uh, Ashley Chase, who's a, a good friend of mine, a great play-by-play announcer herself, and um, very similar to me in our our roles. We play for both clubs. We both wear many hats. Uh, she right. went and took a photo with uh, with Ryan O'Neill and said, "Hey, let's get a photo with uh, the NA the NAHL's leading scorer." He's like, "How about I get a photo with my whole team? They helped me get this uh, this title." Yeah, so, that's I mean, he's awesome. A very, very humble man. Uh, going to be playing for the University of St. Thomas Tommies next season. So, I mean, uh, wish him all the best. And, of course, uh, look forward to watching his success uh, in the first round of the playoffs here. Yeah, and, and that's the, that's what you want out of your goalie. You want, and I think not just your goalie, you want that out of everyone on your team. Uh, you want that, you know, team first mentality. Everyone's trying to make it to the next level, trying to get noticed. Um, but, scouts and general managers and uh, owners of teams that are looking at, at players through various sources um, are going to ask the right questions. And, uh, you know, players that don't have the best reputation, what they might be skilled, but they, some teams are willing to take a risk on a player that's super skilled and maybe a little bit more selfish where other teams want the team player. They want the hard worker, the team player, they want someone who's going to be a good fit in their locker room, good fit on, you know, line one or line four. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's how's their, how's their locker room mentality? How's their yeah. off ice mentality? How are they in the community? I, I mean, working uh, with a junior hockey team in the front office and being as close to these guys as I am on road trips um, in and out of uh, the, the ice of the rink, going to community events. Uh, there's been times where there's been scouts here, uh, for various colleges at the games, um, even on the roads, who've caught me and said, "Hey, how's uh, how's this player uh, off the ice? How is he with the community? How is he with uh, how is he with the fans? How is he with his teammates? Uh, how is he with you? Uh, how does he respond to with you asking him questions or uh, if you will need to do an interview with him? How is how is his mentality? Is he one of those guys uh, right away you first ask him? He's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, what do you need me? Let's do it right now. If you um, you're free, I'll do it." Uh, so, I mean, that's one of the biggest things is um, it's that team first mentality. It's uh, I mean, you could be the most skilled guy on the ice. You put up 130 points in a season. But if you don't have that locker room mentality um, or that respect to the community, your uh, your players, your fans, your teammates, your your staff, your coaching staff, 
it's not going to get you very far in life. No, it's not. And I think that's, uh, you know, I knew there are a lot of players and, and parents that listen to this podcast. Um, you know, if, if you're a player, take note. Uh, people do notice and everyone in and around an organization could be asked about you, uh, including your teammates um, and, and parents. Something to feed down to your kids on how they interact with uh, everyone involved with their team and everyone just in, in the general public, because it's... It's something that is heavily noted and asked for by scouts. And I think um, anyone that ever catches a Neutral Zones podcast, um, I think it was Brian Putnam of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, was basically talking about um, what the Lightning look for in terms of of players when he's scouting. Because he was the one, I believe, that brought Jonathan Quick to um, the Los Angeles Kings years back. Um, And... He uh, he talked highly about what qualities they look for in, in players and, you know, the simple questions that a scout, even the NHL amateur scout will ask is, how is this player with the team? How is this player this? And, you know, they're really excited about the player's on ice ability. And then the second it's like, oh, well, he's he's got this. He does this. He, he's like, OK, he says, we'll write a player off in a, in a minute. They're not going to be good for our for our organization. That's not what our organization is looking for. We'll let another team take a chance on him. We're not going to invest time into that player. Um, and yeah, there's, there's eyes on you everywhere, no matter even if you don't think the eyes are on you, there's always eyes on you. I mean, locker room mentality is the the biggest thing and not just in, in hockey, but in, in life. I mean. Uh, it's just like for you and myself with uh, career paths and jobs wise. Yeah. Uh, they they ask your um, employees, your your employers, how is he in the office? How is he with uh, with everything going on? Work mentality. Same thing for uh, prospective players when they're being scouted for uh, for college or even if it's for the the amateur scouting. I mean, we've had a couple of uh, in uh, the NHL Central scouts here who've come to games and having their eyes on a handful of players and. Even if uh, not not even your uh, own players on your own team, sometimes they even ask you about visiting teams like, hey, how is this player when he's at the rink uh, as a visiting team? How is he respectful to your staff? Um, how is he respectful to the to the environment and your fans? I mean, that's a question that's been asked a couple times as well. How are they with the visiting fans, the visiting uh, rink staff and uh, the visiting um, staff overall? I mean, that is also one that you don't think is asked, but that's also a big thing, too, when it comes to, to Souths and what they're looking for. Yeah, and I, you bring that up, and I have to tap back into the neutral zone thing. Uh, I can't remember the name of the head coach for the Portland Winterhawks out of the WHL, um, but he was talking about that, and, and uh, kind of one of the things he instills in his players is any time they're at a um, visiting rink, a visiting locker room, um, he has a, whether we won the game, whether we lost the game, we got destroyed, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how things went on the ice, we leave that locker room absolutely spotless. No trash, no nothing. Um, uh, he, yeah, just he, like uh, Alabama, the football team a few years back when they yeah. lost the national championship, they that locker room was cleaner than it was when they got there. Yep, spotless. Like they could have, they could eat off the floor. They could eat out of the locker rooms, eat out of the stalls. I mean, that's the other thing is too. I mean, that just goes respect for for overall is you, uh, win, lose, draw, or otherwise, you you leave the locker room in better shape than than it was when you got there. Yeah, because that says a lot to, you know, it, it's it's not the the players on the opposing team that are going to be dealing with that locker room. It's going to be the rink staff, the rink staff that made sure it was good for you when you got there. 
Um, you're respecting that staff. Uh, you're respecting that staff's time. Uh, you're respecting that organization, win, lose, or draw. And that's that speaks a lot. And I think it builds a lot of character in the players that end up on those teams where they establish that mentality of, um, you know, they, it, it instills respect. And I think that goes well beyond their hockey career and well in the life of, of how they deal with things moving forward in their in their futures. Yeah, it's just, it's just the respect aspect kind of thing. And like we mentioned, it kind of go, it goes back to um, what we were just talking about. All you're, There's eyes on you at all times. I mean, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, um, even social media. That's another one, too, that uh, our organization, we preach highly, is don't do anything on social media that you wouldn't do in person because that will haunt you uh, just as much, if not worse, um, when it comes to potential recruitment for, for colleges. Because coaches, even though you don't think about it, they're still uh, – They'll stalk you, quote unquote, and check out your social media presence. Uh, presence. Words are tough. And yes, I know I talked for a career um, and see how you are uh, on social media. If you're doing anything uh, that may hurt yourself or the, the organization that is looking at you in the future. Yeah, because nobody wants that negative attention brought upon the organization. Should you say something stupid or act in a. Or retaliate to people's dumb comments. I, I've had people make dumb comments on our Twitter page for the for the podcast, and I'm just like, okay, you know, um, you let people vent. They, people don't agree with a, a certain player. It's like, oh, you didn't see this, you know, highlight play. The player was like four feet offside. Or um, people like, well, that's a dumb list. I don't believe Broder is one of the top goalies of all time. And I'm like, you seriously don't believe Broder is one of the top goalies of all time. Okay, what's your what your top ten list wouldn't include him at all? Okay, give me your top ten list. And they don't respond. It's like you know what it's like but I'm not like going back and I'm going, Well, you're stupid. I'm like, okay, if you disagree with me, what's your top ten list? Like you can't just say my opinion on this is stupid. I it's my opinion and I think Broder, I don't care what anybody says, best goalie of all time. Um Flurry is starting to challenge that because I absolutely love Flurry. But um yeah, I just think that uh people can I don't know what it is about the the internet. Uh, people just go into bully mode um, that they would do things on the internet they would never do or say to someone in real life. And uh, and yeah, coaches watch, scouts look for that stuff, and uh, players have to be very cognizant of what they're doing online and any type of comments and how that's going to be perceived, even if it's under the staple of you know all views are my own. Um. They can still read them. <laughs> so, yeah, even if even if you're not connected with an organization or you're, you're slipping between organizations, um, you know, all of that can be seen. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's interesting. And, and players have to you know, I'm so glad um, social media wasn't a big deal when I grew up. Um, I would have said some dumb stuff. I know I would have. <laughs> you know, I think everyone. Everyone at some point is the same way. They're like, we're happy it wasn't around when we were growing up or else. So I would be in a lot of trouble for the dumb things I could, I may or may not have said. So, I mean, it, it, you just got to be aware. You got to be smart. And ultimately, I mean, this for, for those future, future players or those who are uh, current players kind of uh, who tune into the podcast as well. Like you mentioned, there's a handful of players and coaches, scouts, parents, uh, just be smart. I mean, respectful wise. I mean, um, like we mentioned too, I mean, it's those people you don't expect uh, that will yep. be asked questions 
about. I mean, your billet families are one of the other ones too that scouts always ask about and say, "Who? Hey, who's this billet uh, kid's billet family? Um, is it okay if we can talk to them and ask them uh, about their opinion and how respectful they are to his billet family, their house, and everything else? Because that's another one too that uh, that could be asked as well. I mean, billet families are almost as important or if not more important than uh, your team that you play with. No, hundred percent. I mean, they're, they're the one charged with taking care of you when you're not on the ice. I mean, they, they house and feed you and, and ensure your safety and um, you know, uh, just basically your, your general look after. And uh, they're going to want to know like uh, how, the, how the, how the player interacted at that billet family. And I just think it's important for, the, the parents and the kids listening to this, that the, it's all going to be, it's everything's going to be looked at. If you're, if you're looking to always go up that next level, um, even sometimes cross levels, even if you're leaving the team you're on this season and you're going to an equivalent team, different league, maybe a team equivalent in the same league, uh, coaches are still going to want to know. Um, and they'll ask around before they put you inside their organization. So good advice there. Yeah, it's it's the little things. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys too, with their their um, just out in the community doing things. I mean, it's the little things. I mean, there's times where we don't expect it. We'll get emails from uh, local parents or and local fans uh, to myself, the head coach, our owner, and just say, hey, I just wanted to shoot you an email and just say how respectful uh, player one and two were uh, the other day. We were at lunch and they were sitting in the booth next to us and. Uh, they were very respectful and everything about that. I mean, those themselves are the emails uh, as an organization we'd love to see. And of course, there are sometimes we get emails saying, hey, this player was uh, a little bit out of line uh, in the community. I mean, don't often do we get those, but every now and then we will we will get an email from uh, from a fan or, or whoever maybe just saying, hey, this player uh, wasn't showing the um the demeanor that you guys would like and just wanted to let you know and like it was nothing bad just letting you know that maybe maybe just talk to him and say this could be changed or what it may be but i mean that's the other thing too is we get a lot of feedback from local sponsors local pa- uh, players lo- uh, even the youth coaches and stuff when um and fans who are in the area they see our players and see the way they interact with them it's always good to get those emails saying hey this player is amazing uh, we love socializing with him in the community, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to coming to games and seeing him play. Yeah, and it, it's important. I mean, sponsors—it's it's a big deal. Uh, it's a—it's a very big deal for sponsors to see uh, before they put their logo on a player or logo in the rink um, or logo on the helmets. Uh, they want to know that it's going to be represented well. They want it to be represented well. Um, and uh, they want to ensure that pride with their with their sponsorship, with their financial support is going to be taken seriously. And, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a big responsibility by the players there. And as, as they move on through their careers and, you know, go on to college or go on to pro or or leave hockey altogether, maybe go into coaching. Um, I know that uh, most of us in the hockey world find a way to stay in the hockey world um, and uh it's a hard thing to give up. I I know I you see, I think you mentioned you didn't you didn't play hockey, but you've been a diehard hockey fan your entire life, and uh, to just stay around the game and be able to do what you're doing, um, that's what us diehards love to do and think about. And, and players that maybe they're seeing that you know they're they're not going to go pro, uh, they might not get that D one or D three um, look, um, you know that. 
there's a lot of life beyond hockey. And uh, whether that's still in the hockey world or outside the hockey world, find their passion. You know, it could be welding. It could be woodworking. It could be international relations or, you know, medical. I've, I've seen so many people that play hockey go into the I don't know why I can't do the medical stuff that I don't I don't have the, I don't have the skin for it. Um, but really get into that physical therapy aspect and and the actual like medical nurse doctor type stuff. I don't know what it is about hockey players loving to go into that field, but, um, you know, finding your passion beyond hockey is also really important. I think uh, players and parents need to realize as, as they develop in the sport, um, you got to find the happiness beyond hockey. We've had that conversation here, too. I mean, there was uh, a local sponsor who came in the other day to, to the office and kind of talked to me um, and our other front office personnel kind of about uh, what the main goal is of, of junior hockey. And of course uh, the first and foremost, uh, number one is just develop these young men, these young men into adults. I mean, uh, we've had players who came in at the age of 16 uh, and play until they're 20 years old. I mean, uh, Carson Riddle, of course, is that one, a four year veteran, the captain of the team yeah. this year has been here for what seems like forever. Kai has a 401k and a pension that he's about to cash out uh, for being <laughs> with the organization for so long. But I mean, he came in as a young a young kid, a 16 year old, still in high school. Now he's uh, now he's an adult, getting ready to go into uh, going to college and continue his life. So I mean, as an organization, a junior hockey organization, from what the fans don't see from the outside, is uh, the whole goal of a junior hockey program is develop these young uh, young men into adults. Yeah, and and it's critical. And I think people, uh, the the more I think people. Look at this level of hockey. Um, I forgot who I was talking with the other day. Actually, it might have actually been my dad. <laughs> about, uh, you know, he's like, honestly, since you kids all left home, he's like, I just don't watch the Bills and the Sabres as much. Um, you know, I'm just not as passionate about. He's like, I know we have Allen. I know we have Diggs. I don't know any other Buffalo Bill. And he's like, when it comes to the Sabres, Eichel left. It's about all I know. Um He's like, I just don't follow it the way the way I, I used to. And I, I told him, like, truthfully, when it comes to pros, I don't follow the pros the way I used to. Um, I found a really deep love for the junior level. Um, and, uh, you know, back when I started the podcast and uh, I would see games on, I could see, you know, I had the NHL package and I had hockey TV. And I could guarantee you nine out of ten times I was watching hockey TV. Um, I'd much rather, you know, catch a game between like Austin and Minot or Ogden and Pueblo or look at games like in the, the VIJHL and, and catch, you know, some of the games out there or go to BCHL or MJHL or, um, you know, catch some U15 action in, you know, Manitoba. Uh, I just find the junior hockey level that just that much more intriguing and enjoyable. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it it takes a lot for the coaching staffs and, and, and you know, uh, people inside the organizations like you that, uh, you know, you're just not the play by play announcer. There's a lot of things you do behind the scenes as well. Um, and there's a lot of love inside the junior hockey programs and junior hockey organizations in in terms of well beyond the hockey world. Yeah, I mean, this is on a personal level, too. I mean. Uh, there's one player on our team right now who my nine month old daughter absolutely loves. I mean, every time he <laughs> sees her or every time he sees her or she sees him, 
both of them just get the biggest smile on their face and he runs over and he asks how his little niece is. I mean, he always comes over um, even before games um, when he's getting ready to, to get into the game, he comes in. If my daughter's here, he'll come out of his way to, to come into my office and find my daughter after the game, come find my wife and my daughter and say hi to her and say hi to my wife and say, Hey, how's everything going? Um, and he, uh, there's been nights after the team where we have post game skate with the fans where he'll come grab my daughter and go skate on the ice with her, with him, uh, with him holding her. And it's, it's funny to see, especially when it comes to just the development of him as a, as a player and how he's changed from last year, his first year here to where he's at now uh, and where he's going on to his, he's also going to the university of St. Thomas next season uh, to continue his hockey career. So, I mean, uh, it's the little things like that. Uh, that even the fans see, they may not know the the background and everything, but things like that, the fans see that um, opens up the eyes for a lot of people. Yeah, and and you hear from so many people in the in the junior hockey world, and that's why I like these bonus episodes because people chat a little bit. You know, we're not and so much the the official um, part of what the podcast is going to be about that night. It's just whatever you know we end up talking about post podcast, and it's interesting to hear like. Uh, we've had Nick Dreyer on recently, who was the assistant coach for the Mustangs. We had um, uh, my co-host, um, Sebastian uh, Lamarche, who's uh, up there in, in the Carlton Place area, and he's an assistant coach for them. Uh, Stefan Bell, who's recently just left the Ogden Mustangs for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, all of them say the same exact thing in terms of when the season's over, or especially Sebastian when it came to the big pause during COVID, which has happened multiple times, especially in Ontario. Um, he's like the first time, like the first big time it happened when everything really got locked down. He's like, you don't realize how important not only those conversations are for the kids and to have those times coming into the rink. And he's like, you realize how much you absolutely miss it because you're just wondering how they're doing, how did, how did the, you know, how is the kid handling the breakup? Um, how is he doing with math? Cause I know he was struggling with it. Um, just the little conversations that happen and, and just, you know, the everyday relationships of just being in the hockey organization and, um, you know, just and like you're saying right there uh, with the player and, and your daughter, uh, those those relationship moments off the ice that just are lifelong things with the billet families, with the organization, with the staff, um, with other players on the team, uh, I think. I've interviewed a few players on the Ogden Mustangs uh, last year. I think each one of them brought up Gio Ursillo. Every single one of them loved that kid. Uh, I haven't had him on a podcast yet. I'm going to have to bring him back on. He's with the Mustangs next year. Um, but every, I think every single player mentioned Gio. And those, you just have those players that they might not necessarily be on the score sheet because Gio really wasn't the first season. He really stepped his game up this year. Um but you have those players that just make the impact that make everyone around them better. Yeah, we had that too, especially with that nine game losing streak. Um, the two players who come to mind for us who are just like that, they're locker room players. Uh, I mean, when they were playing, they were, they were on the score sheet though as well, but they're just locker room guys. It's uh, it's our twins. It's thing one and thing two, uh, <laughs> literally thing one and thing two, identical twins, uh, Matisse and Isaac Broussard. Um, and, Boy, when I say they're a handful, they are a absolute handful. They are the funniest and like absolute craziest kids you will ever meet. I mean, they are they are something something different. Uh, they surprised the team that came back down. Uh, they're both their seasons are done. They're both out with uh, shoulder injuries. 
uh, for the remainder of the year, but they wanted to be here for the playoff run and everything. And since coming back, just being in the locker room, the demeanor just flipped like complete 180. They're the absolute best locker room guys to be around. And they are the funniest guy, uh, funniest two kids to have a conversation with. They'll just million miles a minute, just absolutely bonkers. And when I say thing one and thing two from Dr. Seuss, I absolutely mean that's exactly how they are. <laughs> and you need those. Those locker room guys are so, so critical, so important. And you see it all the way up to the pro level. Uh, guys that they might not be on the score sheet, but suddenly uh, I think, I, I mean, I could be wrong with this, but you know, I'm only speaking on the Buffalo Sabres portion. But, uh, you know, you had a guy like Craig Gervais, uh, who was a captain at Buffalo at one point, and you looked there like of all the guys we have on the team, we picked Craig Ray to be the captain, um, and it was just because of his locker room presence and how he was within the organization, and that's the stuff you love to learn. And, and the locker room guys don't just suddenly become locker room guys; they've almost always been those guys um, or, or girls, depending on on which uh, you know uh, side you're on there. Um, you know, you, you have those locker room players. Let's go like that. <laughs> you have those locker room players that every, you know, they just, they might not be the the top one. And they're rarely, I, I have, to, have to say, they're rarely the guys that the t- or girls on the top of the score sheet. Um, you know, they're, they're, but they're so massively important to the whole dynamic of, uh, especially if you've had a bad period. <laughs> you know? um, it, it's those those locker room players are so critical just to the motivation and the and so to speak reset um inside of the locker room culture and sometimes just stupid little pranks all the all those little things they're just they're so important for the overall game and 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 for these teams uh they can't be overlooked and yeah, it's always great to hear the you know the background stories of like the Brassard twins and such, and the, the more you learn about organizations and and I think that's one cool thing. Um, uh, again, I'm talking Ogden here, but they did a thing with X Media this year uh, where they've dropped these episodes, um, these short five minute episodes on YouTube. Everyone can go out there and look at them, and they're not the only team that's done this. I think uh, there's there's been several teams that have dropped these kind of like mini. Mini yeah, series. New uh, yeah. Mexico did it this season as well. I mean, uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun to see the behind the scenes things where they have uh, people come in like that and give uh, the fans and uh, the the community the inside look of uh, like the day to day life of these guys. Yeah, and it's so cool because um, even if you're not a fan of one of these teams, it's great to go out there and learn about which was because now I'm going to go check out New Mexico's. I love finding out when teams have done this. I think the Minnesota. Blue Ox have also done this. Yes, yeah, they have uh, the Blue Ox have their uh, thing too that they uh, they put out. They've been doing that since they started. Uh, they've been around for four four seasons now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. They've been they've been doing stuff like that as well. So I mean, it's kind of fun to see those behind the scenes um, kind of antics. I mean, the Bruins did it at one point a few years back. Um, that that's on YouTube as well. If you look it up, uh, there was also a short film short film made about the team um, and kind of. Uh, as well as uh, like the story of the paint, the rank pink night that we do here and kind of the story of that and how since the Bruins painted the rink pink back in 2010, 2011, uh, it's become a staple for hockey in a whole. I mean, it's kind of uh, our, our owner, Craig Patrick, uh, kind of was the unofficial pioneer of uh, the pink rink. 
And that's awesome. There's always a team that starts that. Who who started the teddy bear toss? Was it a team in the ECHL? Yeah, the Bears, Hershey Bears. Yeah, yeah. And they look at how the teddy bear toss, and now it's uh it's a uh, universal in the in the sport, all the yeah. way down from the professional level down to the lowest level in high school, in peewee and junior and youth hockey. Yeah, and it's such a staple, and and you have these things like the pink, uh, you know, paint the pink, uh, and rink night, and and the teddy bear tosses, and there's a bunch of different, there's a bunch of different like hockey traditions that have just developed over the years, and it, and it's almost never started by an NHL team, and it's just great to see how these traditions catch on, and and why they're so important to the community and the hockey fan base, and and watching these videos because now, like I said. Continue to watch the Mustang series and, you know, we'll jump on and look at the Minnesota Black series and New Mexico Ice Wolves. Um, and anyone listening that wants to point out any other team that does this, uh, I don't I don't really care where they are in the world. Um, I love watching these behind the scenes things. That's that's uh, <laughs> on top of my stupid, like deep dive into just hockey culture and and watching as many hockey games as I can and ranking videos that I'm sure like six or seven you will like anyway. Um, I love just watching the, the behind behind the scenes of these uh, of these teams. And uh, it just gives the team a little bit more of a personal touch. Um, you know, they're not just numbers and, and figures on the ice. They're people. And I think uh, uh, I think it's good for people to be able to watch these YouTube videos and, the, and any other I guess media that they would publish these on and learn about these organizations and what these organizations are doing and how the players are. And I think it's just really important for the game of hockey uh, as it continues to grow and continue to develop, especially at the junior level. And you're seeing all these leagues expand the NHA, the NAHL is expanding, the USPHL is expanding, the EHL is expanding. Um, It's just, the, the game just keeps growing and more and more teams want in and it's, that's only good for the sport. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just growing overall. So, I mean, it's nice to see kind of stuff like that. Like, like you mentioned the behind the scenes stuff, no matter what it is, team you follow, team you don't follow uh, just in general, it's fun to watch. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, But yeah, and I'm sure it's probably getting uh well, it's getting late here. It's nine 15. Uh, we're all recording this on 19 April. You all are hearing this. Uh, this episode drops on the 21st. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, I know you probably got things you got to do. But yeah, I really do appreciate you jumping on. Uh, this has been really fun. This bonus episode was just as much fun, I think, as a regular one. <laughs> I think uh, lots of good conversation came out of it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to sitting down tonight and. Uh, actually catching i'm always catching up on hockey um i figured but uh, i think you correct me on the podcast because i i watched the first two games between the northeast generals and the um new jersey titans and uh, i just assumed they were playing a whole series against them i know they won in overtime i just didn't know who it was against because that's the game i'm about to watch now um yeah i would say because uh, northeast had a game in hand where they had uh, the win which was a big one for them, especially with uh, Maryland sitting in that fourth spot comfortably because Maryland had the tiebreaker too. So if they would have tied if Northeast would have lost, Maryland would have got in. So it was uh, a big overtime to get that extra point. Yeah. And and that's why I can't wait to watch that game. It's uh, because I kind of go in the sequence of like, I watched Friday's game. So I watched your awesome game and then the Northeast game. Then I watched the Saturday games um, and I, I got through Northeast's game probably, 
15 minutes before I cooked dinner tonight and uh, jumped upstairs to record the podcast. And then, um, yeah, I'm sure because, uh, like I said, it's already nine something here. I'll probably just relax tonight, probably watch the Generals uh, Sunday game. And I think that's the last game on my hit list because the EOJHL playoffs start tonight uh, of this recording. Um, so I'll probably end up watching the Castleman um, Pert series. Uh, first thing in the morning. Um, man, I love hockey. <laughs> you know, it's best time of the year too. All these playoff games, all the drama that unfolds around them. It's just been a. Uh, uh, I love this, and uh, probably sit there and try to catch some of those New Mexico Ice Wolves videos as well, and see if Ogden's dropped anything recently. And, um, but yeah, but no, I really do appreciate you jumping on, and yeah, I'll probably reach out to you. Um. As the playoffs go on, right before we hit the kind of the the Frozen Four, Final Four, um, we'll kind of let the series play out uh, because it's all best of uh, three to start, right? Is it best of five or best of three to start? It's best of five. Best of five. Two. It's yeah. best of five for the first and second round, and then the final best four of, teams is the best of three, and then the yeah. final is a one-game game. take-all. Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's uh, made sure I had that right. For my brain was switching to three and to five for some reason. I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, I'm impressed with leagues like the UJHL, which are doing like they do the best of fives and then they move on to a best of seven. I'm like, whew, yeah, that's well, a lot of hockey. The, and then there's also the BCHL, which does best of sevens the whole time. Oh they have, man, they have a long playoff series. They do, and it's been good. I've been seeing a lot of their updates um, as that's been dropping down because that's really good hockey as well. And I'm thinking uh, once we leave Copenhagen, we'll probably end up in um, we'll probably end up in BC. So I've been kind of sniffing around the BCHL and the VIJHL and the, I think the KJIHL and and such. And there's a couple of things up there. I'm not too familiar with the other ones besides uh, the BC and the the OJ are the two uh, junior A ones I'm familiar with. Yeah, there's so much good hockey out there. I just love watching, as like I said, as much of it as I can. But um, but yeah, again, thanks for jumping on today. And uh, yeah, I'll probably, like I said, probably tomorrow edit the podcast. Um, and uh, this will probably drop on uh, Thursday, the 21st of April. And uh, the bonus episode will drop probably a couple hours after that. I give the first episode some time for downloading. Yep. No, yeah. I know exactly <laughs> yeah. how that is. I do the same thing with social media posts. You let one thing breathe for a bit and then, all right, more news. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of people just download their most recent episodes. So that's uh, sometimes the bonus episode gets, I've seen it once or twice where the bonus episode gets more downloads than the regular episode um, just because it dropped most recently. So I try to give some breathing room um, between the episodes. But, yeah, that's what you got to do with social media. Um, I do the thing with the posting of the, the videos and sending those out there, too. But, um, yeah, um, appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I'll keep you in the loop. And keep me in the loop as, as things roll along. And uh, we'll schedule a time to jump on and uh, talk about the, the Final Four. Because that starts in – because there's actually specific dates on the NHL website, isn't there? Yeah, it's May – 20 i know this uh final is tuesday the 24th yeah so the final is tuesday the 24th so that series starts on wednesday the 18th okay yeah and it's probably something i should have yeah, 18th dropped. Or 19th something like that because i know yeah, look, monday is an off day the 24th is the final yeah okay so yeah so the robertson cup is going to be may 20th through the 24th and blaine minnesota um, nine two five zero Lincoln Street. Um, 
northeast i guess and that would be because i was i saw any and i thought nebraska and i'm like that doesn't make any sense um but uh but yeah probably something i should have dropped on the uh episode of when these dates uh these games actually are but if you're still listening check out the nhl website it'll be the most updated information <laughs> but uh but yeah uh we'll probably arrange a talk right before then and uh you know talk about all the action that's happened and and hopefully how both northeast and austin are in the frozen four or final four um i think they should all be just considered frozen fours i think that's just the coolest hockey term but um but yeah we'll see how all of that plays out and we'll bring you back on perfect look forward to talking to you here again uh in the upcoming weeks yep sounds good uh beyond then have a good one jared and thank you everyone else for listening to this bonus episode